episode 103, Corporate Social Work on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode today. We are talking about corporate social work with two amazing, amazing women. Uh, One is Jennifer Pelham. She is an MSW currently working as a senior IT consultant slash Prosky certified change practitioner at a large healthcare organization. She has a background in corporate social work. She also has experience in information technology or IT, change management, human resources, and internal communications. Our next guest is Michelle Rojas. She is also a corporate social worker. She's an experienced diversity and inclusion leader and a cross-sector athlete with a career spanning across roles with social impact organizations, nonprofits, and mission-driven companies. Michelle currently works as the Associate Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, or DEI, at Spring Health, which is an EAP working to eliminate every barrier to mental health while also building the mentally healthiest and highest performing company possible. Michelle has her bachelor's and her master's degree in social work. So these ladies have co-founded the Corporate Social Work Collective, which is an organization dedicated to advancing the field of corporate social work by building community, education, and advocacy. The mission really is to bring corporate social work as a traditional social work career path. So this episode is full of gems. I am not kidding when I can say it may be the episode to make you tens of thousands of dollars if you decide to pursue corporate social work. We talk about what it is, what types of jobs are available, how is the demand looking right now for our skill sets as social workers in this field, what is the salary range that you can expect to make, and what are some tips that they give to you so that you can make the transition into corporate social work. That's at the very end. Be sure to listen to the very end. And I would even encourage you to get a notepad and paper ready because I am not kidding when I tell you that they are giving you some really, really tremendously valuable information here. So we are going to listen to an ad from our sponsor, The Rise Directory, and hop right into the conversation. 
This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. Today we are talking about corporate social work with Jennifer Pelham and Michelle Rojas, and they are the founders of the Corporate Social Work Collective. Welcome, ladies. I'm so happy to talk with you today. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's great to be here. So let. Yeah, I'm excited too. Let's start with a little introduction, um, just a, a quick snapshot of kind of who you are and um, and what you do. Sure. Yeah, Michelle, you want to go? Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm a social worker, um, self-identified corporate social worker now. Um, I started my career very traditionally in child welfare many years ago and then made the switch into social enterprises and then made the switch into corporate So right now I uh, lead diversity, equity, and inclusion um, at a mental health company startup called Spring Health. And I've been here about seven months and really, really love it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My name is Jennifer and uh, yeah, I'm a social worker. I've been doing corporate social work for 15, 20 years now. I graduated with my BSW and my MSW and did traditional social work for a little bit. I was a therapist, a case director. Um, And then, yeah, I pivoted into um, a Fortune 500 company doing uh, career development program management, learning consulting. I became a mentoring expert. I became a digital collaboration expert. And Then, uh, so I was in HR and then I found myself in internal communications and I really, I discovered change management through both of those roles and found my niche. Like I love change management uh, so much. Um, And then, yeah, so I've been doing change management. I'm currently a senior IT consultant um, for a very large uh, healthcare organization. Awesome. Sounds exciting. So first let's start off. What is corporate social work? Like when we, when we say that term, what are we referring to? Is there a definition for it? Yeah, there it's a loose definition, but essentially corporate social work are social workers who have a BSW or an MSW and find themselves in non-traditional settings, predominantly corporate settings. So, you know, we have a lot of folks that work in HR and in different um, for-profit companies or leading programs or like Jennifer have very niche um, expertise. And so that's kind of how we define corporate social work. Anyone who has that social work degree and is in a non-traditional corporate setting. Thank you for that, Michelle. Yeah, and I... um... 
so yeah, when I, I found myself in a corporate setting and I did not want to lose my identity as a social worker, I very much, um, you know, still used all of my skills. Like I'm teaching people how to be good mentors, good mentees, how to make the most of workplace relationships and, you know, work in remote environments and all of those skills that, you know, I'm teaching, I learned, <laughs> you know, from, um, my social work degree. And so I, you know, just, yeah, I started calling myself a corporate social work. I was friends with people who were like organizational psychologists and work with them. And I'm like organizational social work. I don't know. I, I, I like, you know, a corporate social work. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I just started using the term and putting it on my LinkedIn and, um, I would tell everybody about my background because I wanted people to know, like, you know, how diverse a social work degree is and how I was still using my skills. And every time I would switch jobs or meet people, I always got a lot of interest, like, oh, well, tell me about like your background and, you know, how did you switch into this, uh, you know, career from, you know, your social work background. So it's always like a great story to tell. <laughs> And thank God you put it on your LinkedIn because when I was ready to make that pivot from nonprofit social impact into corporate, that's how I, I ended up meeting Jennifer. And I messaged you on LinkedIn and I said, you're a rock star or something like that. <laughs> and then we became friends and I was like, listen, I can't, I do not think we're the only two people that see a value in this or a need around this. And so we developed the Corporate Social Work Collective shortly after. Yeah, like I I was interviewed a while ago um, for this USC, you know, social work blog. And then after that, you know, they linked my LinkedIn. And after that, I would just get so many um, requests for, hey, like, how did you do that? And, um, you know, so yeah, I'm like, you know, there's definitely like other people like me out there. And yeah, when Michelle was like, I want to start something and I'm like, so do I, I just didn't want to do it alone, you know? And then, yeah, we had like the same vision, the same passions, the same values and bringing people together. So it was just really like, yeah, a match made in heaven. <laughs> That's amazing. And I see you ladies as really the leader of corporate social work. And it's almost like you've coined this term, even though there's social workers who have done it before and who are currently doing it, probably have no idea that you even exist. But just being, being brave enough to take that step and have that courage to say, hey, this is who we are and we're here to help you. And we are establishing you know, an official organization for other people who want to continue in this. And that takes guts. Like that's not easy and it takes a lot of courage. So I want to applaud you both for just stepping up and taking the leadership role in this because it's it's just really inspirational. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, I don't think in a million years, Jennifer and I ever, you know, this was like a throw it at the wall and see if it's six kind of situation. And, you know, now a little over a year later, we have a membership in our collective of over a thousand people around the world. So there's a global interest in corporate social work, and we're just honored to be able to give people the space and the platform to talk about it. Yeah. And it's amazing because you're the only ones doing it. I mean, I Googled corporate, corporate social work and there is hardly anything. I mean, I think your mm -hmm. website definitely came up as number one 
There was nothing else dedicated to this. And there was less than a thousand, you know, scholarly articles or journal articles that came up, but mostly it was around, you know, corporate social responsibility, not mm -hmm. necessarily corporate social work. So I'm really excited to see, you know, how this grows in the coming years. Yeah, thanks you. And you're right, like we're not, you know, the first social workers to leave the traditional path and go. Um, I just I've noticed, though, that a lot of people will drop their MSW on LinkedIn, they don't add it to their credentials, or they don't advertise. And so, you know, part of what we're doing is also like a marketing campaign and just reminding people like, hey, we need to educate others and, you know, really be loud and proud of our backgrounds and our credentials. So so that we can show like, no matter, you know, what industry or, you know, we're in, like if we're in finance or, you know, customer success, like let's, you know, show everybody that we have great people skills, you know, great um, program skills. Like I, I always like to say like social workers know how to get shit done. And we do like you put us in a situation, we'll problem solve, you know, we'll, um, you know, be great negotiators or whatever we have to do to get the mission done. Yes, I love that. So you mentioned this a little bit, but what types of jobs are available in corporate social work? Yeah, so this question is a little bit tricky to answer. Um, I'll give the vague answer and the specific answer. I often say as social workers, because of the many reasons Jennifer just mentioned, the versatility, the transferability of this degree, social workers can do literally anything in corporate because of the nature of a social work degree, right? We know how humans operate and work. We person and environment thinking, systems thinking, we're creative problem solvers, we're advocates. Um, and, you know, and, and we have a very strong moral compass, a lot of us. And so by that, you know, we're seeing a movement in corporate right now where a lot of um, people leaders, like chief people officers, all of a sudden are becoming CEOs. And why is that? Because chief people officers have people skills. And we're reaching a point in our society where we want leaders who care. We don't want leaders who are really, you know, quantitative and smart and heads down and, and financial. We want the best of both worlds. We want leaders who know and are well-versed in that stuff, but also care and treat their people well. And that alone is a great opportunity and segue for social workers into corporate. Like we are very good in diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what I do. Um, advocating for the needs of my team members all day, every day, especially underrepresented team members. So again, marginalized communities. Um, we're very good uh, leaders in customer service and customer success. So advocating for the needs of clients of, the, of a corporate company. Um, you know, the list really goes on. Those are two really great starting points, but like any job in, in mm -hmm. HR would be a great fit. Any job that manages others would be a great fit. And any job that has some semblance of advocacy would be a great fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, organizational design, organizational effectiveness, anything in HR, 
leadership development um, and, you know, another plug for change management. I also like to tell people, you know, as social workers, we walk alongside people in, you know, very vulnerable times of change in their lives, right? Um, as a change management practitioner, I walk alongside organizations and companies during very vulnerable times of, um, you know, transition and change. And so a lot of the skills that I, you know, applied on the micro level, I can apply. Um, and I went and became um, ProSci certified um, and their methodology is using the ADCAR. And it's just, you know, I, I loved the, the, the course and I probably could have, you know, taught it, but having that, you know, common language that is used in business um, is just, I don't know. I just, I hope that we get more social workers in the change management space. Oh, for sure. Yes. And listener, I hope that you caught that because in the past, I don't know, four minutes, they dropped some major, major bombs for you, especially if you are interested in transitioning into this field. Uh, Michelle highlighted some amazing social work skills that you want to be sure to include, you know, as they apply to you, of course. And they both shared um, some amazing jobs that you could search for that can start your career. So definitely put this on rewind, get your notes out and uh, write down what they had just said because those are some major gems that they gave us. So thank you, ladies. Um, I'm wondering, you know, kind of on the same note, how much demand is there for, for this type of, um, for this type of work or for our skills in this area? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and one that I often get a, a, quite a bit. Um, so I, I think us social workers, we're expecting companies to post, I need a corporate social worker ASAP. And that's just frankly not going to happen or we're not there yet. What you need to do is identify a job that you know meets the transferable skills that you have as a social worker. Um, having worked in corporate for a few years now, and I'm sure Jennifer, you can attest to this, you know, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, we've seen a pivotal shift in the values that companies are, you know, being accountable to and, you know, working to uphold. Um, we're seeing it right now. There's a trend around quiet quitting and people getting quiet fired and this, you know, belief that you, you don't need to work. Um, and you shouldn't work more than eight hours a day, which is all around wellness and employee well-being and performance. And so because of these trends that we're seeing in corporate, this is a phenomenal time for social workers to get involved. Because, you know, what I often encounter is that corporate companies don't have the language. Oftentimes what they're looking for is a social worker. They just, you know, don't fully understand the impact and the capabilities that social workers have. Um, for example, I work at uh, Spring Health and we have a head of employee health and performance, and she recently hired a wellness program manager. Their whole department is focused on maintaining the wellness and, you know, uh, mental health and emotional health of our team members. And we're not alone in that. So many other companies are beginning to prop up um, employee wellness and performance department. So that's just one avenue, but I think that's a really good example of the trends that we're seeing um, across the board. 
it's a great and time to get involved. Yeah. And I would add like to the demand, um, you know, because of the pandemic and the trauma that we saw, the grief that we're experiencing collectively, um, you know, all the feelings like we can't leave at home because guess what? Now we're working from home, maybe, or, you know, all this remote work. Uh, social workers can help navigate this collective grief, the transition to remote and virtual work. Uh, we know how to do that. And so, you know, the demand is there for people centric, um, you know, design thinkers, um, you know, pe people who understand people. Um, so go hire a social worker today. <laughs> Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Do you love horses, nature, and being outside? Do you dream of having a successful career working with horses and helping humans? Horse Therapy Center of Canada provides certification and professional training to mental health professionals like you who want to launch a business or career in equine-assisted therapy. With three different delivery methods, you can become an equine-assisted therapist in as little as four days. For Social Workers Rise podcast listeners like you, my friend, Horse Therapy Center of Canada is offering you up to $700 off of their certification and training programs. So don't wait, start your career in equine assisted therapy and learning today, check the show notes for how you can get started. There's the demand that's there. And there has been this increasing awareness of, oh my gosh, we need more mental wellness or mental health, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, however, are they paying us? What can we expect as a typical salary range in corporate social work? Fortunately, um, this is, you know, one area of social work um, that pays. And I think because, you know, we're not, you know, given a title of social work. Um, so I just want to preface and say, like, we definitely need pay equity across the board. Um, we need to, you know, pay social workers 
way more. Um, but as a corporate social worker, I mean, it's easy to make, you know, six figures, you know, you can transition in. Um, it depends on what part, you know, when I started out, I wasn't making six figures in HR because I was early on in my tenure and, um, and, you know, this was also a long time ago, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's easy to switch over and, you know, find jobs that are well into six figures. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, really tell pay transparency. I have like six figures of student loan debt. Unfortunately, that's my reality. And when I graduated college, I got an entry level case management social work job and I was making probably $35,000, $40,000 a year, which after taxes is not a whole lot. Um, and then I got my master's and my first job after my master's was 72 base. So a lot better. Um, and was very fortunate to have to work at a nonprofit that believed in pay equity um, and sustainable, um, you know, uh, salaries. And then, you know, my reality is that I still have the student loan debt. So I, that was also a big catalyst for me moving into corporate. And my first corporate job, I was making 125K and now I make 165K. And so I'm very proud, you know, that's all because of my social work background. I don't know anything else, but it's really all about like telling your story, um, not taking no for an answer and really trying to, um, you know, identify what your transferable skill sets are so that you can land that job that really, you know, fills and um, can take your transferable skills to that next level. But yeah, corporate, unfortunately, like that's where all the resources are. Um, and for those, you know, that really would like to make that next step from a financial stability perspective, you know, this is a great opportunity. Definitely. And I am a huge advocate that we do not have to be martyrs for our profession. People mm -hmm. need help in all sorts of different settings. It's not just the people who, you know, want to go to, um, to government or nonprofits. I mean, people need help in all settings, all income levels everywhere. Yeah. So, so we talked about skills. We talked about the types of jobs that are out there and the salary, the salary sounds pretty good to me. How, what are some tips? Because a lot of times people are wondering like, okay, I have these case management experience. I worked directly with clients. That seems so far from, um, from corporate. You know, what are some tips that you girls can share with us on how we can pivot or make that transition into social work? Where do we even start? So I like to tell people to kind of brush up on some of the lingo. So I send people to the Harvard, um, Harvard Business Review has a lot of really great articles um, that, you know, designed for leaders, but, you know, can give you the language of what, you know, leaders today are reading about. Um, I also tell everybody to go read Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, because it also gives us a common language. Um, her work is spreading into a lot of the Fortune 100 companies. Um, and so people are familiar with um, some of the language from the dare to lead and, and, you know, bring her or, you know, her people in uh, for, you know, work, work and culture work. Um, so, you know, just kind of 
building your business acumen, reading some, you know, business books and just, you know, familiarizing yourself is a good way to start. Um, and then, yeah, go to LinkedIn and go, you know, think of a company and look at their job board, you know, like if you are interested in, you know, healthcare or tech or whatever. Um, I used to work, I, did a contract job with Pandora. I'd always want to work, you know, at Pandora when I lived in California. Um, and it was such a cool company. They had like a snack wall and everything. It was lovely, but, um, uh, yeah, just go and find a company that you admire, go look at their job board, look under the people or HR section, um, communications, um, you know, just look at the job descriptions and a lot of time, um, you know, there are things that we can do on there and go up, uh, just start applying. Honestly, like, you know, we shouldn't, they say like, um, you know, women don't always apply for jobs unless they have like, I don't know, what is it like 80% of the <laughs> criteria matching, um, but just go apply, you know, like 30% is fine. Um, and you probably will have to update your resume and all that. Um, and we have some tips on our website, our website on how to do that. Um, so yeah, just a, a few ways to, to get started. Yeah. Um, and just to add to that, I think it's also helpful, like leverage LinkedIn. If you don't have a LinkedIn, like now's the time I check my LinkedIn just as often as other, like my, my Instagram and all other social media. Um, but don't be afraid to cold message someone. If you find a cool job and oftentimes now LinkedIn posts recruiter or the hiring manager is for that job with their page, like message them and say, Hey, I'm super interested in this job. I am a social worker. And this is why I believe I would be great at this job. Because if, you know, it's up to you to tell that story. Just because you apply to a job as a social worker doesn't mean you'll hear back. You got to put in a little bit of that extra work to make sure that the person reviewing your resume um, or accessing your resume knows the context of the information you're sharing. Um, another resource I love to share you know, we live in a world now where corporate jobs get thousands of applications and it's no longer a human being reviewing all of those applications. Companies use applicant tracking systems. And so, you know, when I was making the pivot, I learned that. And so there are a few free applicant tracking scanners online. I use one via a website called Cultivated Culture. And what I did was I would copy and paste my resume, copy and paste the job description, and then this tool would tell me what percent match the language on my resume was to the job description. And, you know, specifically like, hey, the job description says the word leadership five times, your resume only says it once. So that would tell me, hey, I need to rework my resume to include the word leadership because that's what they're really looking for in the job description. Um, and I would keep tweaking it and tweaking it until my, my resume and the job description were an 80% match. And more often than not, like maybe three out of five times, I'd hear back from a recruiter. So that coupled with messaging people on LinkedIn really positions you well to, to you know, hear back um, and start that interview process. Another thing that is super important alongside what Jennifer said about knowing the language is quantifying your work. As social workers, we often think that our work is fluffy and not measurable, and it's just feel good, I'm helping people. And yes, that is true, but there's certainly an impact to what you're doing. And you know, it's important to add numbers to it. 
so that, hey, I did X, it led to Y, which impacted C. And that's kind of the, the language and the lens that a lot of corporate um, you know, hiring managers and recruiters look at resumes through. Yes, that's amazing. Did you have something to add, Jennifer? Yeah, I was just going to say too, like, um, you know, our events that we hold too, like the reason that we, you know, built the collective is so that people wouldn't have to do this alone. And we are creating community for others who are either in this role for students or, you know, for micro social workers who are looking to, you know, pivot to corporate. And so um, you don't have to do it alone. We have, you know, resources and events um that you know we can answer questions and just be there um, to support you in this process that is amazing so you girls just shared some amazing amazing tips on how we can transfer uh, or make the pivot into corporate social work so just to re recap some of the major takeaways that i heard was one get to know their language and don't expect corporate people to understand the value that you bring as a social worker. You have to literally spell it out on mm -hmm. your resume, on LinkedIn, tell them specifically like what you do and assume that they know nothing about social workers because they probably know nothing about social mm -hmm. work. <laughs> um, but that's part of what we have to do is to educate them on the value that you bring and being able to do it in the language that they understand. So, you know, starting where the client is, right? If you're, um, Jennifer, you gave some tips on to read um, literature. So it's uh, getting familiar with the culture. Right. So anytime mm -hmm. that we're going to go somewhere new, we want to be have a basic understanding of the culture that we're entering. It's the same thing. You we have these skills already and really brushing up on our LinkedIn presence, our LinkedIn profile. That is where the professional um, recruiters are going to be. That's where we're going to find them. They're probably not going to be on TikTok looking for <laughs> a DEI specialist, diversity, right. equity, inclusion. Right. Maybe. But chances are they're going to take you a lot more seriously if you have a LinkedIn presence. So thank you so much for that. Um, where can we find you? You know, where are you guys at? Do you have any upcoming events, any services that we might be able to take advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. You can find us. Um, yeah, if you if you Google corporate social work, you're going to find our website. But our website is cswcollective.com. And so we have um, a bunch of articles on our website um, and we'll list our events. We do have two upcoming events, uh, one in November and one in December. Um, and then, yeah, you can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, and yeah, we, we hope that you'll come and find us and make sure you join our mailing list too on our website because we, you know, email the registration out for our events and everything. And we don't, we don't send that much mail, but um, we do send reminders and things like that to join our events. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about the events coming up? I'm curious. Yeah, so, you know, we took a sabbatical this summer just to kind of recharge. My dog is growling at me, apologies. Um, <laughs> and so we, we're coming back slowly. We want to uh, reintroduce ourselves, welcome our, our the new members we've gotten in this period. So they're just going to be light, fun, heartfelt events, some structured networking, 
um, and give people some overview about what we're planning for 2023. Yeah, and then it'll be an opportunity to meet, you know, other students in corporate social work, other corporate social workers. We usually do like breakout rooms, um, kind of, you know, according to what your, your role or your interest or your, you know, where you are in your life. And we answer a lot of questions. We usually have like a ask me anything session and different members from our team will facilitate the smaller groups. And yeah, we just um, like people to meet each other. We have a networking doc uh, as well that we usually share. So people can, um, connect outside. Um, and we have a private LinkedIn group as well, where we try to share some, um, you know, different articles or um, also jobs. Add, you know, past speakers who are in corporate roles share um, job opportunities within the private group. Um, so yeah, all of that we can um, help you find on LinkedIn or in our, in our events. And that is gold. Thank you so much, because if you are at all considering transitioning really to any field, you want to get to know the people who are already in that field and are already doing the work. So if you can go to this event and meet other people who are doing the work, they're successful at it, they've already made the pivot and network with other people who are also trying to make that change and other people that can lead to job opportunities that could get you tens of thousands of dollars in added salary. So it is worth your time. It is about who you know, and you will be amazed at the types of opportunities that will present, present themselves when you put yourself out there. So I definitely encourage you to, um, to look into the event sign up for their email list because you don't want to miss it. Thank you so much, ladies, for your time. So many amazing gems that you gave us. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you, Catherine. I really appreciate you having us and being able to share the story of corporate social work. And yeah, we hope to see everybody at our upcoming events. You can find on our website. Yeah, thank you so much. Always lovely to talk about the collective and we welcome anyone who, you know, wants that push and support and community. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.